Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Desde Abajo, From Roots to Stem. This podcast is brought to you by Idaho State University, SACNAS. And this podcast's goal is aimed to inform and advise students of minorities, such as Native American students, black students, Hispanic students. I personally am a first-generation Hispanic student, college graduate, and I would have loved having a lot of these conversations that I've had with many of these guests. I think it it is uh, really eye-opening to, to me as a first-generation student seeing that, you know, I wasn't the, the first. You know, I didn't break the mold. There's several other people that you can go out and talk to, and this, con- this is just a conversation with one of those many people. Today's guest is Monica Cervantes. We talked about, you know, her early life, her entire educational career, how she got her, her, she started getting off her associates and she went with got her bachelor's and finished off with her master's. It was a great conversation. Hope you guys enjoy this. So without further ado, I will welcome in the great and powerful Monica Cervantes. Monica. Monica. How Monica are you? Cervantes. Good. How are Monica you? Monica Cervantes. Yes. Pleasure to have you on. Uh, thank how are you? you? How you I'm been? Good. Good. I've been good. Yeah. It's a windy day out there, isn't it? Yes, I've been out there. With soccer. Soccer. Ooh, yeah. A couple nice. games out there, and Heck so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. rough for you actually. You're just the one watching. Your kids are having fun out there though. <laughs> he is having a great time. Yeah. Out there chasing the ball. Mm-hmm. So, Monica. Uh, welcome to Desde Abajo. Thank very, you. very happy Thank to you have you on. Me. We are we. This is ISU project. Very happy to have you on. We, I love, I myself, the host of this project, love having people on from diverse backgrounds. And I think you come from a diverse background. I do. You say I do. What is your background? If you could give it to the people. So uh, my background is I'm a first generation Mexican. Both my parents come from Mexico, and what part so of Mexico? Uh, Michoacan. Shout out Michoacan. Shout out to Michoacan, <laughs> yes. I have also have a lot of family in Guadalajara, but Michoacan is, is where our soul is, mm-hmm. for sure. Have you been back? There? Many times. Yeah? Many, many times. Actually, I the first time that I went back was uh, when I was 16, and I tell everybody, like, you don't know who you are. You have no idea who you are until you've gone back to the homeland, and I've I've made it a mission to go at least every other year. It's... Yeah. How did you connect when you went back? Um, gosh, in so many ways, and some—it's actually a really embarrassing story on. Love it. Love how I stories. <laughs> yeah, how I connected. <laughs> it's it, oh, I. Uh, the first time I went to Mexico, I thought, I'm gonna go over there, and I'm going. They're gonna think I'm the coolest person ever. I, you know, because I Cause, imagine uh, it is the norte. Yeah, yo soy del norte. I'm from the norte, and I thought everybody in Mexico was stereotypically really poor, um, chanclas, like, I'm going to go over there, I'm going to have nice shoes. I remember I had, like, this camcorder at the time, and it was these big, you could put a whole VCR in it at 
before and you were really cool if you could get this smaller one in there and i was like i am so cool my i know whole exactly fam- what you're talking right. about too right yeah. my family's gonna be so jealous of me and i'm gonna be so smart compared to all of them i uh, you know and wow i went to mexico and i was so blown away with um my family and everything over there like you know, I went to the big city and my, all my cousins were way more educated than I ever was. Uh, Anybody here. Yeah. They, you know, my cousins were lawyers, doctors, owned businesses. And I felt like the dumbest redneck. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and they had not only that, like the one thing that I was really excited about, like, Oh, I have this cool VCR, you know, I'm going to be the highest technology because USA has the best of stuff. Right. And then I go to Mexico and they already had like the D like the electric, the DVD things going there. Like mm-hmm. theirs was way more high tech than I was. And I'm like, okay, I have been totally humbled on all levels and I have, I've continued to go back and, um, and to every year I'm more and more proud of, of who I am. And I don't think that I would have ever been that way. Had I only maintained the stereotypical version of of what we sometimes only see Mm -hmm. or hear about so when you came back after that experience how did you like what did you learn and when did you incorporate that into your life how would you say you like changed Uh, after that experience definitely changed uh how i see myself and what my potential is i definitely um, what do you mean by your your potential hmm well, back then, you know, my m- all of my friends, because when you're first generation, all your friends um, are kind of in the same boat as you. Your your parents work in the fields, or if they're lucky, they work in the the potato, you know, Nampereal or Idaho mm-hmm. Spring or something like that. And a warehouse, a yeah. warehouse, yeah. And if you graduate for high school, you're already better than most. That was kind of the mentality. Like you're already doing well. You you get a job above. Um, the warehouse you're doing well so that was kind of like high like um as good as it gets and then then you hope your kids do a little bit better than that and i never thought i'd be greater than than high school or maybe a couple years i was gonna settle and when i went to mexico and i saw that wow no we're we're everywhere and and belong in every single position and um an associate's is, is nothing a bachelor's is barely basic that um that really really increased the standards for me so in high school do, did was college a thought for you yeah it, it actually really was and and i attribute that a lot to one my family because it was an expectation of them, and it was an expectation of, of my my parents to a point where I didn't actually know that there was another option. I didn't, you know, it's, for me, it was like, when you're in fifth grade, you go to sixth grade, and when you're in middle school, you go to high school, and... It's the next step. It's It was just the next step, and when we had conversations at home, it was never whether we were going to go to college, it was what we were going to go to college for. That was the discussion. And so okay. luckily in my home, that was, that's what you did. And my, my dad would tell me all the time, you know, education is the one thing that nobody can ever take away from you. And you guys, you guys got to go get it. And so I actually, um, a lot of my siblings have education. I'm not the only one in my family. I'm very proud of my siblings. And, and many of us went to school or are going to school now or have some level of education and training. And so, um, we we it, we all took that to heart for sure. 
So you said your your dad was a, a major driving factor in your education. Yes, because my dad didn't get to. So my dad, the rancho, you know, he where he was born, uh, you could only go to maybe fourth, fifth grade. And you got pulled and you went back to the farm. And my dad loved school, loved it. And, um, and so did my mom, but my dad begged and begged. The teachers went and begged for my dad to go back to school. And my grandpa said, no, we need him on the farm. And so he never got to go. And he let us know all the time that he didn't get to go. And we do. And my mom had a similar story. Not so much in that my grandparents didn't let her go. My mom was raised in the the sixties. Women didn't go. You know, mm-hmm. you know, why do you need to go to, to school to make tortillas? That's what they would, she would be told. But she really liked that environment. She ended up still hanging around school quite a bit to a point where they let her be the home ec teacher. Wow. Yeah, so my mom taught in the school, but she was never allowed a higher education. And I always grew up knowing that, that they really liked school and they didn't get to. And so, um, it you know, we always were aware, well aware of our opportunities here. Yeah, I it's it's a reoccurring issue or topic I think I've heard with people that come from similar backgrounds that we've come from is that our parents had like a drive for education. Mm-hmm. And they 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 were pulled out from education at such a early age. Um spe- my, I think my parents went it was like 4th grade. My parents yeah. might have a 4th grade education and I mean what they've done and been able to accomplish is strong like it's it's awesome it's amazing what they can do and it makes you go like i can do i can do more i know i can do more look at what my parents did with what they were given and i know that i can do more and and it just it's a driving factor for you to just achieve higher and higher right and that's what your parents want right that's why that's why they like came over here is for their parents it's for their kids to be for them thinking like my kids they can do this we know i know they can do this so. it's a definitely in a pressure it's an obligation to i mean they we sacrifice as much so you can and and that you know you don't want to let your parents down you know that they went through a lot and so that's a big part of it as well i mean i would i would think that i was doing okay i would get one degree and i would get something and and get a pretty good job and my mom would pass by an office she's like this is where you should be working it was never enough for her she always felt like you can because like, I, yeah, <laughs> thanks. There's right, many what? times in my life where I've kind of felt settled, and my mom's like, "No, no, you're you not where you need you to be." More. Yeah, I got my bachelor's degree, and she'll be like, "Nope, now on to your master's. Congrats, you know." All right, so <laughs> let's, let's bring it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you go to you finish high school, and you go to college, and you get an associates, right? You said you got an associates first, and what was it? So my associates was in marketing and management, marketing which is management. just, it was a two year. Cause just like most first generation, it's really hard to pay for school. Very hard. And you know, you don't know it, about like, uh, financial aid. Sometimes a lot of, a lot of first generation students for obvious reasons can't get financial aid. So it's a lot of out of pocket costs, but I mean, yeah, it's like, it's learning about financial aid, learning about scholarships, learning about ways to pay school that you don't have to pay for and that's like stuff your parents they're not aware of that they think it's like we have to pay for this yeah and well and in mexico the costs aren't the same it's just it's just having the ability to go like you're you know if your son doesn't have to work if you can afford for your son 
to not have to work, you can send them to school. It's very inexpensive to send kids to college in Mexico, which is surprising for a lot of people to hear. And so they don't grasp that here it's really expensive to go. And and they and they just couldn't. My, my family, I you know, they both were migrant workers. We had a, seven of us. And I knew, I knew in high school that I had to go to school and there was no way to get money to do it. And I always worked right after high school because it's it's not uncommon for a first generation to like you had to go to school and you had to go to work because that's how you got by. You paid I for your own I stuff. Pipe. I moved pipe. Right. <laughs> yeah, right after high school, I would go yeah. move pipe. And so I didn't have the best grades. And I remember thinking, I, I need scholarships. I'm not going to get scholarships not having the best grades. And so plan B for me was I'm going to join every single club here. I'm going to join every single club, and I'm going to compete every way possible. What clubs did you join? So I joined the business professional club. I competed in speech and accounting. Um, How was speech? I've actually I've wondered about speech. I, I was I was I never had the opportunity to join speech, but how was speech? Like joining the speech um, club. Well, it wasn't actually a speech club. I competed in speech as part of the business. It's speech and debate, right? Um, no, it was speech as part of business presentations. Oh, okay. So it was still part of the business type thing. And so I, for the business club, we competed in business presentation. Speech is about, you know, selling something, selling a product. Mm-hmm. And then I also did speeches for the welding club. And welding actually Dope. paid for my whole first two years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, but us women, we're amazing welders. Because we've got that hand and eye coordination. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so competing in welding actually paid for my first two years, and that's how I ended up at at ITEC. So you can weld? I used to be able to. I don't know. (laughs) I I used to be able to. (laughs) (laughs) I did. We did whatever we had to do. That's awesome, though. Yeah. You were like, this is, uh, you looked for what you could do, you found something that you could do, and like, you were like, you just ran with it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I can compete this way. You mean you mean if I weld, I get scholarships? You mean if I do this, I get scholarships? And that was not something I ever wanted to do. Nobody feels cool um, competing in accounting. You know, I'd rather be competing in sports, but I couldn't do sports because there was no time for sports. I had to work. Mm-hmm. And so, but accounting, <sighs> that was a level of educate, wow. like competition. That's a way to earn money. So I was doing all these things to just hustle. I've always had that hustle mentality. And so that made money for me. And then... Same thing when it came to applying for scholarships. Like, I was constantly looking for scholarships, and when we had to do that essay, I was super competitive in the essay. Like, I would say, hey, if you're looking for the right person for this scholarship, you can just stop now because that's me. Mm -hmm. That's me. I'm the one who have to give it to you. Like, I don't have the best grades, but nobody's going to work harder. Like, look at all the things that I do. Look at things like I am driven. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And if my grades don't reflect it, I, I hope that you can see from, like, what I do in life. Sorry, folks, about that stuff. Uh, my equipment gear just sometimes breaks off. And uh, we'll get right back where we were. <laughs> but I'm sorry about the, these breaks. That uh, I'm trying to figure them out still. I'm sorry. Anyways, Monica. Yes. Right. You were, you're hustling, you're hustling for scholarships. You're figuring out, you're, you're telling people like, Hey, if my grades don't, don't tell it, my, look at what I'm doing out in my, my life. Look at the, look at like, what were you doing in life that you were like, I'm, I'm active in the community in whatever aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to, I had to work really hard. And so I, I did everything I could on my part. I remember going to the, the last, um, assembly or whatever they call them at the end of the year where they prevent 
present all the scholarships and people are blown away. Monica, nine scholarship. None of them really high in number, but enough to pay for school. And so I thought I was set. That's all you need. Yeah, I thought I was set. But then we had another cultural setback. And um, the cultural setback was my mom's like, no, I want you to go to college, but you're not. You're a lady. You're not living anywhere outside of the home. Like you're not going anywhere, unless uh, no, no no living in dorms and going somewhere else. No. Nunca sabes. Yeah. Yep. That's, They're yep. super protective. Nunca sabes. No. Nunca sabes. And so my mom made me. Um, I had to choose somewhere close, and I had to live with an aunt. There was no other options, and so I was, I was limited. Because of our, you know, just how my parents cultural norms, cultural norms at the time, and so I went a couple. I got my I got my degree. I went to work in marketing, and a couple years, two three years going into marketing, I just got that itch again. Like I need to do something else. I didn't need to do something more. And and again, how I'm you got to look. How am I going to pay for this? I I don't want to get into debt. I never did. You know, it's hard enough to get by as it is. And I remember somebody saying to me, you know what? I heard the site pays for school. I'm like, the site space for school? Like, yeah, like all of it, as long as you get good grades. You know, and so I started looking at jobs, and I ended up seeing an admin position, which at first it was kind of a blow to my ego because I already felt like I was a college graduate working in my degree, Mm -hmm. what I got my degree in, international commerce coordinator. I'm here. Like, I'm not going to go back to working as a secretary for a while so I can go back to school and – you know, but then I thought, you know, just, it's okay. Just go back, take whatever position it is. Cause you're willing to do whatever it takes. And so I did, I went back and. You still had that hustle mentality. It doesn't leave, it man. It doesn't leave. Hustle mentality does not leave you. <laughs> Once it's there, it's just ingrained in your person. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And so I, I, I remember getting signed on full time to, to my job in July of of 2009 and I started school August 2009 I remember as soon as I got the job I met you know out there for a couple weeks and I'm like really nervous because I got to ask my boss like for money (laughs) 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 I don't want you know the whole reason I'm here you know is to to do more and um she was like absolutely you want to go to school absolutely get signed up and you just said something it's like you don't know my entire reason for being here Mm -hmm. I want to do more yeah and like being scared of going to a workplace and being like, hey, like, I I don't want to say you're a stepping stone for me. But right. Like, I'm here for, for a reason, and it's not because I want to give my entire life to you, man. Like, I'm here <laughs> because you, you're you a means to an end, right? Mm-hmm. And I have that where I'm at, where I'm now, because I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing a degree right now. And where I'm at, great place. Love the people I work with. Love the place. I love the company I work with. But... That's not where I want to be for the rest of my life. It's a means to an end. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm here. I'm going to contribute the best. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to still get the best of me and Mm -hmm. you're going to still be glad you had me, but I've, I'm not going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to grow and I'm going to do other things. And luckily I had a great manager that she was all about it. And, and still to this day, uh, is, um, a great mentor in, in, at work and, and, in my growth. Uh, and so, uh, I continued to go to school, got my master, my bachelor's, uh, got what promoted. What was your bachelor's in? Uh, my bachelor's is in industrial technology. How, if, like, just a lot of times college degrees are have, like, a specification, and you're like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm the what does it mean person. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? <laughs> so what it means is that I, you know, it, it's a lot like my previous management degree where you have to have certain skills to be a manager, right? You take these classes, finance classes, how to deal with certain ethics and behavior. But when you get a technology management degree, you have to have a lot of um, understanding of STEM, because that's what you're managing. You're, you, you, you're a manager and you're trying to promote certain uh, jobs that um, the lab is doing, that engineering is doing, and you have to be able to understand that and, and pass that on and, and, and um, give input. And, and you can't do that without a strong STEM background. And so it's management plus STEM is what that is, really. Management plus so I had to take physics and calculus and, and all of those classes, uh, chemistry, classes that I really, really actually enjoyed. And that's what actually brought me to environmental. And you wouldn't think that environmental has a lot of math and management, but it, but it is. It's, it's very different than um, uh, most people's first perception of environmental is because I, a lot of... What would you say the first perception of people's environmental is? Well, a lot of people, when I tell them that I... Well, my, like my son, like when I told him I work for environmental, I'm like environmental, you know, it's environmental protection is, you know, we protect the environment. And so he half expected me to have like, like work at a zoo. Like he really <laughs> wanted to like come see my job. Like, when do I get to go to your work, mom? When do I get to go to your work? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess one of these days we'll have a, a site day, you know? And I, th and I thought he'd be excited to see like the reactor because reactor's cool for a lot of people. But no, he just, he wanted to see the animals. And I'm like, oh, baby. <laughs> I don't. We I have don't a crow, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Stops by exactly. every once in a while. Like I get called when a bird dies. Like, yeah. and I have to help deal with it that way. Or we have one in distress. But I, I don't save baby bunnies, baby. Like I don't even study plants. I don't. I, I know very little about plants. You know, my job is. You know, you have the environmentalist. They have their role where they're out there, the fish and wild game, and they're looking at the animals and they're looking at the needs for the environment and they help create legislation. And my job is to make sure that we're following them. So the site, you know, in order to operate, whether you're operating certain engines or certain, uh, um, you know. Uh, certain ponds and, and having water. I, I mean, I, you know, I want to be as generic as possible, but you yeah. know, you have these, these equipment and processes that you want to manage. You have to get approval through the state. Like, okay, you, you can do this, but here's your permit to operate. And under this permit, you have to abide by all these air regulations, state, federal, mostly, you know, you have your federal and the state ads yeah. on. They're the ones who we really report to for mm -hmm. the most part. And so, um, and that's my job. I, I understand regulation. I understand um, reporting. I collect all the data, make it make sense. And I present it in a way that um, sh demonstrates to people that we're doing the right thing. And so I <laughs> stare at the computer a lot. And that's... Um, might seem super boring to some people, but I I love what I do. I love numbers. I mean, I almost went into accounting and just because numbers are fun to me, but I, I get these numbers and it's really nice knowing that the work that I do um, supports a really, really great mission and also gives me um, the feel good that what we do is actually really safe. Like nobody knows more than I do that I'm telling you what we do is extremely safe. And so you would probably the, be like the, person to come to 
to know that what you do is safe for the environment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. You're probably the person to yeah. come to, right? You're like yeah. the number one person yeah. to come to. Yeah, I'm like, uh, trust me, air, water, all of it. I can tell you that we do everything to the nth degree, and so it's you're a very, avatar. very neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, we do, and so I sleep good going out there. Um, mm-hmm. and I say that because you know, you know, I remember my mom years ago. I mean, I've been out there 13 years out there you know I have a lot of people know when we say out there out at and the also site it sounds like your mom was a very like driving factor in the way she was like driving you for more oh definitely you know? yeah even like, when I got her ma- my master's I got my master's degree and she's like now that PhD I'm like you settle it down woman you're like stop like, I'm it I'm done with you stop it I'm, stop I'm, I'm it. here dude <laughs> I was like those people are weird and I don't mean to say that, but that's how I told her, you know, to get, just get her off my back. And I, I do do that. I remember being, when I got my bat, my, even my associate's degree, you know how when you line up, if you, when you graduate, they have the, the associate's people here. And then the next rows forward are the bachelors and the next row forward are the masters and it's less and less people, but they're farther ahead mm-hmm. of you. And they've got that one little row of people in the PhD. And as you move, as I remember being in my associates and being like, Looking at them and like they're no better than me. Like this is I a can, person, dude. yeah, That's I can, skin and bones yeah, right there. I'm I can that. be that. Yeah. I can be that. And, and I, I remember that feeling and that discussion in my head every single time. And, but when I was in my masters, and then I look forward at the three ph, and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure they're amazing, but I didn't get the same feeling. So <laughs> just first generation and chasing something. Chasing something more, you know, it's, it's like to sometimes to a lot of parents, it's, it's almost an alien concept of what a, what an associates, what a bachelor's, what a, what a master's, you know, and then like a doctorate. It's like they, all they know is like, oh, you're getting higher education. Right. But they don't, they're not aware of the levels of education. So a, a first generation problem is like, I'm getting my associates. And your parents are like, awesome, he's going more than high school. Mm-hmm. And then, like, some people get bachelors and some people get masters. But, like, to you, you're like, it's, 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 it sucks to say, but, like, to me, when I, I graduated my associates, the first, like, my first go around school, I graduated my associates in college. And I was like, my, I had a cousin going and getting his bachelors. I had a friend getting his bachelors. And then I was like, I'm not doing as much as they are. Like they, like it, the, the title, the, just the, having that after your name, having a associates or bachelors after it, it's, you're like, um, like I'm doing, I'm doing something great. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something my parents wanted me to do. And, but to you yourself, it opens up this almost like this new world of like possibilities. And you're like, I can reach these things, you know? And the and only you know the amount of work that goes into achieving those things because like your parents, that is a it's it's a it's a completely removed and distinct world from them. Like they will support you and they will love you and they will do whatever they can to get you to whatever you want to achieve. But only you understand the amount of work that goes into getting those, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. You hear, so you hear this a lot, like, um, people that have never gone to college, um, they'll be like, I don't understand why we put more value on education or that degree than experience. I feel like if somebody's had 10 years degree of experience, that's more valuable than, than somebody who's had eight years and a, and, and a, and a master's or whatever. And, yeah. and I say, 
you know, if I was a manager and so, and I'm hiring somebody, it actually really says so much to me when somebody has a degree because I know how much work that is. Maybe, maybe they're not as smart or, I mean, maybe that person that's been on the job 10 years, yes, they could probably do it as well. But what that person with the degrees is, is telling me is that they are, they are willing to make the sacrifices at home to be better, to learn more and, and, and do the, the nights, you know, late nights of, of learning that, that I had to do it. It just shows me more character. I don't know how else to explain yeah. it, but it, it, it is unless you've it. gone it through it. More character. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. No, this it. guy's willing to not go out this weekend cause they've got homework to do yet. Yeah, no, these, it's not the same. It, it does show so much. It's not just a piece of paper that somebody gets. And so, yeah, it, it is a, a different thing unless you've experienced it. You don't know what it really takes to go through it to all really the way put your put put your time in mm-hmm. you know there's a ah it's just i mean that's there's no other way to put it other than saying like you put your time in yeah. right that's paying your dues yeah and i know i have a couple of buddies that they're <clears throat> they came back from a mission and then they were starting a job for the first time ever right and after they went to on their, on their uh lds mission right after right after high school so mm-hmm. like they never really had a real job and then, so I got a two years advance on what they were doing. And so I knew what the first couple of months and a couple, of, sometimes the first year and into the well into the first year, it's like, it's paying your dues. It's knowing like, hey, bro, you got to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, There's only one way to learn. That's trial by fire, baby. Mm-hmm. So they put you through this thing. And then they would tell me like, dude, it sucks. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> I just hate it. It's just, it's awful. I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like. That's what it is, man. <laughs> Go through it, dude. Yeah. And to them, like I, I was, I was very happy to have this for them because I've, I've been able to be like the person to tell them. Like, hey, yo, this is normal, man. Mm-hmm. You go through this. Like, yeah. this, this is, this is not. You, you, you may think like, oh, I'm the first person to go through this. I, I'm going through this because like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I have zero idea what's going on. And I, I was, I was so happy. I was like, dude. Don't even worry, man. <laughs> That's what it's like. Yeah. You have to experience this. Nobody knows exactly what they're going into as soon as they get into it. I went to school for two years, two and a half years for diesel. And I went into my first shop. No idea what was going on. I had the basics. I knew kind of what I was doing. But at the very end of the day, I went home that day and I was like, I don't want to come back here. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. This is, oh, this is not awesome. But it's, it's being able to come back every single day. You come back the next day and the day after that. It's showing up. It shows character inside of you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it, it just, it's, it's beautiful. And it's something that like first generation people, I, in, my, in my experience, I didn't understand until I went through it. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, All right. After a while, I was like, oh, so that's you have to go through that. You you need to go through that, because if you don't go through that, you're not going to learn. Right. You're not going to be better off for it. Yeah. I actually feel like our upbringing, upbringing, if anything, nothing was easy. I felt like everything was hard and so it it was not hard work never ever scared me like oh you want to do this or you're gonna have to work nights for 
you're gonna have to study nights for three years or six years, whatever it is. You're like, so? You just accept it. Cause <laughs> so? you're like, I've helped, nothing, nothing has ever been handed to me. Nothing's been easy. The grind is very, very normal. Um, and I actually have like this um, little meme that I pull up all the time and it says if being badass was easy, everybody would do it. Like yeah. it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be fun. It's not going to. I don't know what makes you, you think it's going that. to. Yeah. I think I, I love this is something like I've it's I haven't seen it anywhere, so I don't want to say it's something I came up with, but I know it's not something I came up with. I'm pretty sure I've heard other friends say it. But uh you know what Carhartt is? Carhartt yes. gear, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people that wear Carhartt, and you're like, they're not doing Carhartt shit. Like, <laughs> you need to be able to earn to wear Carhartt, right? Right. Then I see some people, and it's all clean. And I see people that, like, those things that they wear is dirty, right? There's dirt. It's like, that person earned his dirt. He yeah. earned that dirt. He yeah. gets to wear Carhartt, and he gets to fucking, <laughs> that dirt that he has on himself, he earned that. Well, my and husband would tell you it's like a buckle. He's my husband and my my girls. They're they're cowgirls. They they have their buckle, and you can't buy your buckle. You got to earn your buckle. Exactly. And they wear yes. it with so much pride. And if you went, because nobody can give you that. They <laughs> no. can't give you that. You no. need to earn that thing. Yeah. And so that's that's definitely bear their analogy is that they definitely look down if you. It doesn't matter if you got it. It's you know buckaroo whatever whatever you got it in. Yeah. You know as long as it's so a, twenty I, years ago, but it's I your buckle. To anybody like listening in, if you're like, oh, I'm going through this, I've never been through this, like, dude, go through it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love, love what you're going through right now because like it, it's, it's special. It makes you what you're gonna be once you come out of it. You're oh, yeah. gonna become something better than what you are now. Yeah. In my opinion. And then also knowing that it, it is that experience. It, it, it does. It's been a hard experience for everybody that's gone through it. Like I, I used to have people think, well, you're just smart then. It was just easy for you. And I'm like, no, it was not easy for me, especially, you know, I have, I have a little ADHD. I have to read things two, three times to understand it. I, if it was a recorded class, sometimes I'd have to watch it twice. Like there was nothing easy about it. I would, I, I remember my first English class. I bet that class. made you angry. People were like, oh, you just get it. You just yeah, it, it did because it, it, and it didn't. It disregarded all my all work. work. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, no, it was not easy. Nothing has ever been handed to me. Nothing's been handed to me because I'm a Latina. Because that's a whole other thing. That frustrates me more <laughs> than anything. <laughs> when I'm in my job and I'm the only Latina there to begin with, you know, there's no, you know, it's, uh, the higher you go, the lonelier it is. You know, you end Very up being true. the only one all the yep. time. And then you hear, oh, you only got your job because you're a female Latina. You're like the, you know, a double threat. And like, I'm just that was like, the only reason. Why oh is there my not, gosh. Why is not everything? No, like me, yeah, why am I the only one? And uh, what is more true and what is actually more real is that, and I've, I've heard this saying recently, and it, it is so true, is that we have to fly where other people can walk. We have to fly to where other people can walk. And it's it's the hurdles that we have to jump are so much greater. We have we always have this constant um, need or f uh, feeling that you have to prove yourself. I got a new manager, I have to prove myself. I have to double prove myself that I have my job not because I'm a girl, not because I'm a Latina. And that happens over and over and over. So you have to beat the shit at your job all the time. And so that is a constant battle always for me. You're always a little bit different. You don't have... Um, you have to Same interests. constantly prove your metal. Yeah, you do all the time. Sometimes they don't like, see oh, it, yeah, but you they, do. He, I get why this person's here, but sometimes they'll see you and be like, "Why is she here?" 
And then you'd be like, well, this is why I'm yeah. here. Yeah, she, she, she got the job because she's Mexican. And, oh, man, nothing nothing frustrates me that more than that. grind my gears. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so in every meeting, especially if you've got new people and everything, you, you always feel this constant need to improve yourself. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, but then you just do it. Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're thank welcome. you, thank you for thank coming you. on. Thank I, you for I having was just, me. This was a great conversation. I wish we could have had longer. You know, <laughs> uh, we I we, we could go on, on to whatever. We there were so many of those topics we could have just gone off tangents, right? <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, this Abaco thanks you. ISU thanks you. I thank you. Right, and I had a great conversation with you. Uh, customary at the end of every single episode, any last pieces of advice that you could give anybody, things that you wish you could have done differently, things that you didn't know about that took you by surprise, what would you let the people know? I give the microphone to you to just let them know. So my biggest mistake as I've grown is I've tried to do things how the people before me have done it. You know, I tried to wear the suits and, and, and speak the language how they do it. And I've learned recently that your way is the best way. You have to be you. And, you. and yeah, that's the only way you're going to succeed. And, and, and they'll love you for it, even if you're different, because you will feel different. And so um, it took a lot of years to realize that different is good and it's needed. Yeah. So strong. breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Exactly. Monica Cervantes, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much, Monica. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I can really say. You know, hopefully, Thank you may- for having maybe me. you can come back on one day, one of these <laughs> days. I'll be doing this podcast for a little bit still. So, okay. hopefully, you can have me back on one time. All I'm right, give me some skin, it. Monica. Thank you. Ah, woo! <laughs> Love you, everybody. Mwah! And we come to the finale of another great episode. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for supporting the Zawako and Idaho State University podcast. We try to bring you bring you some good conversations for you to listen to while you're at the gym, walking around, going to class. Thank you for supporting. Uh, like it, share it, and let everybody know. If you have anybody that you think would make a good guest, go to the Zawako for Moose System on Instagram and let us know. Thanks. Bye.